Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preacher. It's 212, podcast 212. And today we're looking at anger. Yeah, we all get angry over different things, don't we? And some of us get angry more frequently than others. We've all experienced this, right? There's, there's some people that are simply a lot easier to get along with because they're not as angry. You know, you'll know people like this. They, they never seem to get angry. They seem to be calm and relaxed. And, and then there are others that it really doesn't take much to set them off. So when we think about anger and we think about people, there's this wide range from people who, that we know that are, are quick to express their irritation and their anger, and then there's others that are, well, it seems like they're, they don't really get angry much at all. Well, wherever you are on the anger spectrum, whether you're quick to anger and express it or slow, and rarely get angry, anger isn't something to be avoided. Yeah, anger in the New Testament, as it's understood in the New Testament, is is definitely not something that you would want to stuff and ignore or avoid in any way, because it's not wrong. That's one thing. It's simply not wrong. Uh, anger is a sort of a neutral thing. It's neither good nor bad. It's an emotion that communicates with us. And if we learn how to listen, anger can tell us all sorts of things that we need to hear. And one of the things it tells us is, all is not well, pay attention. All is not well, pay attention. Now, for many of us, we picked up this idea that anger is bad or wrong. But that's not actually the case in the New Testament. Anger by itself is is a neutral thing. It's similar to money. Money isn't evil. Money isn't good or bad or wrong. It really depends what you do with it, how you use it. And it's exactly the same thing with anger. Yes, it's certainly, being angry certainly could lead you in the wrong direction. It certainly could break a relationship. Definitely. We know this. But it could also reveal something to you that you really need to act upon and stop ignoring. So it depends what we do with anger, whether it's going to be helpful in our lives or not helpful. And today we have an account of Jesus being angry and he's expressing it. In fact, there's quite a few uh, accounts of Jesus getting angry in the scripture, but the one that we're looking at today is the most well-known passage and it's where he goes into the temple courts and sees the money changers and the selling of doves and sheep and all the animal sacrifices, all the vendors of the animal sacrifices. He turns over the tables and uh, chases them all out of the temple courts. It's kind of the famous scene 
where he loses his temper and anger and he drives them out of the temple courts. That's the one we're going to be looking at today. Now, the big difference between Jesus' anger and the anger that many of us experiences is that Jesus' anger wasn't about minor offences and frustrations and inconveniences, personal offences that can set us off. This is the big difference between Jesus' anger and our anger. Because a lot of the time, not all the time, but for many of us, a lot of the time, our anger is about being personally offended. Somebody was disrespectful to me. That, of, that of offends me. That makes me annoyed. It makes me angry. Or somebody ignored me or didn't appreciate me or wasted my time. That annoys me. That makes me angry. Or somebody wasn't sensitive to my needs or misunderstood me, criticized me. Right? These things can make us angry. Uh, so it can be something small or it can be something much, much bigger. Today we're going to be looking at how Jesus used anger rather than allowing anger to get the upper hand and, and use him, if you know what I mean. Because I think that anger can guide us and lead us. And that's never, that's never the best lead, right? Um, yeah, what is our anger communicating to us? Or here's another way. What's the lack of anger showing us? Yeah, because if I don't ever feel angry about anything at all, What's going on there? That's worth thinking about. That's worth questioning. What is my anger telling me about me that I need to hear? So here's the story. First of all, I'm going to give you the story about Jesus' anger, turning the tables over in the temple courts. So what happened was, is that he was uh, in the temple courts and the scene is that all sorts of commerce was taking place in the temple courts. There were uh, vendors there selling animals for the animal sacrifice that took place in the temple. There was tables of currency exchanging because people were coming in from other places and wanted to buy the animals for sacrifice. Now, this all sounds very strange to us because we don't have a religion that uses animal sacrifices. And, and so it doesn't make any sense to us. I mean, why would you kill an animal anyway? What is that all about? So let me just briefly tell you a little bit about why they would even sacrifice animals in Jesus' day in the first place. And here's the understanding. The ancient people understood 
Their understanding is, is that was that humans, us, have great capacity to hurt and destroy each other and, and the world for that matter. So the ancient people were well aware of the destructive nature of humanity. Relationships break down, people aren't good to one another, they steal from one another, they kill one another, their families break down, their community breaks down. There's this sort of destructive force at work within human nature, and that force they called sin. Now, the understanding was, by sacrificing an animal, basically buying the, say it was a dove, you buy the dove, you take it into the temple, and the, the dove is offered to God as a sacrifice. By draining the life from the animal, it's like this visceral symbol of the devastating results of sin and selfishness, this destructive capacity that humans have. And the animal's life was sort of offered up as a, a payment or like a, like a ransom. Okay, so you would go into temple and you'd, you'd think to yourself, I've done wrong, you know, I, I, things aren't right in my life and... And maybe you cheated someone or you lied about something. Or anyway, there's something bothering you, feeling guilty. You go, into, you go into the temple and God's holy and God is good and God is pure. And you want to stay in relationship with us to this holy God. And so you're thinking about, you know, what can I do to make up for this? Actually, people do this all the time. You know, like if you, if you have a break in a relationship with someone and... Uh, and then, you, and then you think, well, you know, that was my fault. I should really try and do something nice. And that's kind of a weird thing, but I think we can do this with people. Anyway, getting back to why they would do animal sacrifices. So you're, you're thinking, you know, I've done something wrong and God is holy and I want to stay in relationship with this holy God. I'm going to go to temple. I'm going to offer this sacrifice. I'll buy the dove that's going to cost me something. And then I'll go into the temple and hopefully this would this will sort of be a payment for my mistakes and my sins and my weaknesses and my errors. So animals could be bought in the temple courts for this reason. And, and, and the animals in the temple courts would ultimately be bought and ultimately they would be sacrificed and so when Jesus comes into the temple courts, there's something about this whole scene that begins to stir in Jesus this profound anger. There's something about the whole scene. And, and it could be anger on, on many different levels. This has taken place in the court of the Gentiles, which is the place where the non-Jewish people would pray. So obviously there's not a lot of praying going on if all this business is happening. Uh, also, the whole idea of having to, to, to attempt to, to pay 
for your wrongdoing. I mean, obviously there's something missing with that whole thing, right? So when he sees this scene, goes into the temple, he sees people buying and selling, he, anger arises, and here's the text. Making a whip out of cords, he drove them all out of the temple. He overturned the table, saying, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. So there's the scene. He makes a whip out of cords and he basically pushes them out, stops the selling, stops the practice, at least for a few hours. I'm sure they went back to business as usual in a couple hours' time when things calmed down and people could pick up their tables, right? But the point is that there's something about the scene that makes Jesus so angry the selling of the sacrificial animals in the temple, the place where it's actually being taken place in the prayer area, turns the tables over and disrupts business. Now, the scene is remembered as the day Jesus got really angry. Now, we often pick, picture Jesus as loving, kind, gentle, which he is. But there's also another side. He's also protective of those he loves. And protection is a big part of love. Protection. You're not protected, you're not being loved. If you truly love someone, you will not ignore their suffering, right? I mean, think of the lengths to which good parents go to ease their child's suffering. I mean, it's just incredible, the sacrifice uh, that, you know, good parents will go to, to, to ease their children's suffering in any way, right? So just mentioning that that because I, I think there's something about that whole business of love and protection and anger and action that's all sort of bound up in the scene here. Now remember, it's taking place in the courts where people pray. Well, that's not right, right? That's not right. This is the strange thing. The religious practices are getting in the way of people connecting to God. That seems to make Jesus visibly angry. When religious practices or when religious people or when religious leaders get in the way of people connecting with God makes him furiously annoyed. And he can't ignore it and he takes action every time. This isn't the only place in the scripture that Jesus gets angry, by the way. Uh, but there is a sort of a, 
thread that links all of the times Jesus gets angry, it's usually, I'm going to say always, when someone is being hurt. It's always when somebody's been hurt. It's always about protection. You know, it's this theme. So when he sees this, he sees the suffering, he is compelled to take action and he can't ignore it. So, yeah, isn't that, it's just worth noting, right? Something that Jesus can't ignore. And I think this is the purpose of anger. It's communicating something we need to hear. We need to hear it. So again, for Jesus, the selling of animals in the place of prayer or this whole temple sacrificial system, uh, that's, that's enough. It tells him something's far wrong, something needs to change, and he takes action. When you love someone or something, there is always a need to desire to, there's a, a, just a desire to protect, right? And I think this is what's happening here in the temple. Jesus is, is seeing people need to be protected from the religion in a way, right? I know it's ironic, but this is what happened. This is what happens all the time. It's like sometimes the very things that are supposed to help you get close to God do the opposite. And that's what gets him angry. That's what gets him really, really angry. And he does something about it. So Jesus' anger inspires him to take action. This is what we call, by the way, righteous anger. This is what we call righteous anger, good anger as opposed to the anger of personal offense. And the, the, the anger of personal offense is quite a different kind of anger, right? That's when somebody cut me off in traffic. That's when someone doesn't listen to me very well. That's when someone doesn't appreciate everything I do for them. That's, the, that's the, the realm of personal offense. So the question is, you know, when we're dealing with anger, is what is our anger telling us? And, and I think I should mention this too. If we're not feeling any anger at all about anything, that has a message too. Because if we're completely devoid of anger, it means that we've just numbed out of life. We're just not present, right? We're just really not present at all. So again, you know, the emotion, anger in the New Testament, it's not necessarily morally wrong. It's a neutral thing. It's what we do with the anger that's important. So the Apostle Paul would write these lines and he would say things like, be angry, but don't sin. And that word sin means uh, missing the mark, getting it wrong, going the wrong direction. 
So the apostle would say, be angry, but don't let it take you in the wrong way. What's the wrong way look like? Looks destructive to you and it looks destructive to others. So the apostle's saying anger can either help us or hinder us. That depends on our self-awareness. But it certainly does teach that not all anger is negative. It's more about don't let all that energy, because that's what anger is, it's just energy. Don't let all that energy lead you in the wrong direction. It's telling you something. It's, it's signaling something's wrong here. Pay attention. So you don't want to ignore it. You don't want to push it away. You don't want to dismiss it. And you don't want to repress it. Right? If we repress anger, it shows up in another way and it breaks relationships anyway. So, you know, the energy has to go somewhere. So we might think that we're repressing anger, but it will, it will have, a, have its way of coming out in an, in, a, in an unhelpful way. Let's just say that. Now, of course, yes, there is destructive anger, right? And Jesus warns against this kind of anger. He's got a lot of teaching on it. He's quite blunt about it. He's quite blunt about destructive anger. You know, uh, basically he says it's wrong, it's to be avoided, and it's as bad as murder. I mean, he's trying to get the point over that, of course, there is such a thing as destructive anger. And yes, it is necessary to learn how to recognize uh, this within ourselves and move away from it. He's got lots of teaching on that in Matthew 5. But here in John 2, we're seeing this sort of what we, what we call righteous anger. I don't know what would be, a, what we would call it today. I don't know, I mean, a good anger, I guess you could maybe call it. Helpful anger. There's just this massive difference between helpful anger and destructive anger. And the key is to learn how to discern what's going on inside of you. You know, that's the key. The key is, what is my anger communicating to me? And you know, the, the tricky thing about it is, is that the thing that you're angry about isn't necessarily the thing that really is making you angry, right? So you've got the emotion anger, and it's going to be, it'll latch on to whatever. You know, it's sort of free-flowing. So you're going to be, let's just say you're angry about something. Sometimes we have to sit with that, be with it, pay attention to it, so that we know, is that truly what's bothering me or is it something else? Is that really what's making me angry here or is it something else? Because oftentimes the thing that we think is making us angry isn't the thing, it's something else. Well, what else? Well, maybe I'm grieving, right? Maybe I'm grieving. 
maybe it isn't that I'm just overwhelmed with work and I don't have enough time. Maybe underneath it I'm grieving. Or maybe I'm hurt. Or maybe I'm just tired. And I'm not really, you know, angry at this particular person. Maybe I'm just tired and I don't have the patience today because I haven't taken care of myself and I'm out of balance. Yeah, but you see, you would have to pause before it could give you that kind of information, right? Am I personally offended? Is that what the anger's about? Am I just personally offended because I'm, I'm feeling misunderstood? Okay, well, that's good to know. If that's the case, that's good to know. Um, well, maybe I just feel uncared for and I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know, right? Because how I answer the question tells me what my next step is. It's like, if this is just all, if this is about me being defensive and tired, then maybe I just need to lighten up and get some rest, if that's all there is to it, right? If this is, if this is really because I'm grieving, Maybe I need to express it more. If this is about the unfairness of the situation, maybe I need to say something and not be quiet. You see? So it's about learning how to listen to what my anger is communicating to me. Because I'm suggesting that the anger can give us some very helpful information that we might not necessarily know up front consciously, right? It might not be there, but it might be just below the surface and it might show itself very, very quickly if we just pause and take a moment and think about it maybe when we're out on our walk or something or you're out on your bike ride or whatever you do, you're, you know taking the dog for a walk. Think about what is all this frustration and irritation really about? What's going on here? Yeah, it's sort of, these times can become, uh, it's like the prayer time, you know? Anytime these emotions arise, any emotion, but this one we're talking about, I get, anytime these emotions arise, it's like, God, show me what's going on here. Why does this person or this situation, or why am I so frustrated and angry? Help me to see what I need to see here. It becomes the prayer and it becomes the heart cry so that we can, uh, yeah, be healed and move on and get set free or do something. That might be the case too, right? Might need to take action, take a stand say something, move ahead. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.